We're speaking today with Stuart Horwich, a U.S. attorney based in the U.K. who advises clients on international tax issues. Stuart has a U.S. law degree from the University of California, Berkeley, and an LLM degree from Cambridge University. He is also a founder and director of the Anglo-American Charitable Foundation, a charity registered in both the U.S and the UK that facilitates transatlantic giving for Americans. Stuart, for Americans living in the UK, we sometimes feel that our financial lives are more complicated and more expensive than they would be if we were living in the US. But in the area of philanthropy, both countries share a bond and encourage their citizens to give to worthwhile causes, be it cultural, educational, or humanitarian, by providing tax incentives. To begin with, can you explain how gifting works in both countries? Kate, thank you very much for being here. It's a pleasure to talk to you about this. It's something that we are passionately believers in. The Anglo-American Charity is a charity that is qualified in both the United Kingdom and the United States. In the United States, I'm sure that your listeners will be well aware that if you make a donation, you get a deduction on your tax return for the amount of the donation with all of the pluses and minuses and phase-ins, phase-outs, and everything else that might exist but the general concept is that a deduction is allowed for the amount of a uh, contribution made to a public charity such as ours. In the UK, it is slightly more complicated, but gets to the same answer. In the UK, if somebody makes a contribution to us, we reclaim, as opposed to the donor deducting, the basic rate of tax. What that means in a very practical way is if somebody gives us a donation of 80, we go to HMRC, the UK taxing authorities, and HMRC gives us 20. So it's the equivalent of the donor having made a donation of 100 and getting the basic rate donation deduction worth 20. So in essence, an $80 donation gets to 100. Now, as you're aware, most of the donors will be in the higher rate brackets. These are the brackets that kick in after around 50,000 pounds of income. And those brackets are 40% to 150,000 pounds and 45% thereafter you do get a deduction for higher rate as well. This becomes really quite a complicated exercise for the computer that figures out someone's tax returns, but basically works in the example that I gave that the 100 consisting of the person's 80 and HMRC's 20 will be a deduction for higher rate tax so a person in the 45% bracket will get another deduction for another 25 on their tax return. So someone gives us 80, 
we get 20 from HMRC and the person gets a 25 deduction on their tax return and amazingly the 100 that effectively has gone to our charity gets down to 55 of after-tax cost plus of course the US deduction of the 100 worth whatever that will be on the tax return in the US. So effectively it's deductible in both countries it at the same time, it simply involves a bit more work on the UK side because of this reclaim of basic rate deduction for higher rate. Okay, um, so I'm an American, uh, I'm living here, and I have charitable interests in both the UK and the US. Um, what's the most effective way for me uh, to take advantage of what you just talked about and make gifts to charities in both countries. So what we would like to do in that situation and we're able to do is as follows. Let's assume that you nominate to us the place you would like your money to go. And for want of this, this could be just as easily the Royal Opera House in London. It could be Harvard University. It could be just about anything that in normal parlance would consist of a charitable um, place, charitable recipient. The rules, there are rules in both countries. The overlap is 99.5% at least. You would send us a donation, and again, in the example that I gave here of an 80 donation, you would send us an 80 donation with a suggestion as to where it would go. We technically have the right to do what we want, but in the 11 years we've been running this organization, we have always followed the wishes of the donor. Uh, and indeed, in the one or two times we found we couldn't, we didn't accept the donation. We go to HMRC, we get 20 back from HMRC, that gives us 100. After our administration cost, which we will discuss in a moment, we will make a donation to Harvard, the Royal Opera House, a Kenyan Orphanage. It does not matter where the deduction um, for your purposes, it does not matter where the donation is. The deduction will be available, the gift will be made. So we will therefore do that. We will send you receipts both in the US, which you can use on your US return, in the UK, which you can give to your UK accountant, and the donation that we make to Harvard or the Royal Opera House or the Kenyan Orphanage will reflect the fact that uh, you were the people making it. So although it will be the Anglo-American charity has made this donation, it will be has made this donation uh, in light of the wishes of our donor, Mr. or Mrs. Hedges, as the case may be. We do charge an administration fee. The administration fee is designed to cover our costs in fact, it is being run pro bono. Um, neither uh, the founders have taken any funds from this. Uh, indeed, we devote office space, postage, and things such as that. Um, there are certain fees that we cannot avoid. We need a statutory audit fee. 
um, by the grace of God over the 11 years, we've now gotten to the point where we need a very part-time staff person, but that's literally a few hours a week. Uh, and those costs are reimbursed. We then will also have a surplus, and the surplus is probably something that we should discuss slightly later in terms of what's going on, but the surplus is given to good causes, so there is no enrichment by anybody who's running this. The money goes to the, do, uh, the donor's choice, so in an easy example, if they wanted to give to Harvard and they wanted 80 as an original donation to us, Harvard would get somewhere between 96 and 99 and a half, depending on how large it was, and something similar for the Royal Opera House or the Kenyan Orphanage. Wow, that sounds like it's good for the charity and good for the donor. Impressive. Okay. Um, tell me a little bit more about the Anglo-American charity. Um, why did you and Tanager partner Jeff Hedges set it up? Um, and how has it developed over the last 11 years? We, uh, Jeff and I decided to set this up uh, in 2003, um, largely because we were both interested in a little bit of what I would describe as a give back. Uh, I'm a tax lawyer by training and therefore uh, it's an area that I understood. Jeff is a banker and an investment advisor and that aspects were areas that he understood. There is a clear need for U.S. citizens living in the U.K. to have an effective way of giving money to charities that doesn't create a situation where there's a deduction in one country and not the other, given that a U.S. citizen in the U.K. will be paying tax in both countries. Uh, we started it off 11 years ago seeing how it might run. Uh, we have been a bit of a victim of our own success. We have certainly raised well over 10 million pounds over the course of the time that we have been running. We have been making donations to a number of institutions in both the US and the UK. We are regularly asked by institutions such as Georgetown or Harvard, could you support something for us, similarly with institutions in the UK, uh, where they think that we are the best way forward for people who have these dual obligations. It's something that we both believe in, in terms of pro bono give back. Both of us have had quite long and happy careers in the UK, and the ability to be philanthropic is something that, as you mentioned from the start, it's cultural. Anglo-Saxons do this. The first charitable law was passed when Elizabeth I was queen, and that was a long time ago. Um, and we are very pleased to be able to do this. That's great. Um, you know, I know that the Anglo-American charity is staffed almost exclusively by volunteers, and that any surplus that you have is donated to your nominated charity, Plan UK, and its international arm, Plan International. 
Tell us a little bit about PLAN and why you selected it as your preferred charity. I'm delighted to do so because this effectively is the thing that both Jeff and I are most passionate about what we are doing. PLAN is a charity that helps disadvantaged children worldwide in a variety of different ways. And these are not often very glamorous. So clean water is not the most glamorous thing to be sponsoring, but at the end of the day, more people die from simple dehydration associated with drinking bad water than die from almost all of the things that make very high profile news today. Uh, therefore, for instance, with PLAN, we have been able to build something like 1,500 latrines in Burkina Faso. Not dramatic, not very high profile, but frankly, we probably save a lot more lives. Similarly, we were able to inoculate 90,000 children in the Philippines who otherwise wouldn't be inoculated from diseases that you and I would be staggered that people still die from. Uh, we've built birthing centers, we've built schools, and we do this with PLAN because we are very pleased to see their work. Their work is much more offering people a hand for instance, in the, the construction of latrines, PLAN will provide the raw materials sourced locally, but will get the buy-in from the local communities. I have shown up at various projects. Part of my job involves traveling around the world for work, and it often is no cost to anybody for me to stop in on relatively short notice to see what's going on. And it's always nice to kick the tires. And with PLAN, when we see what's going on, I can see the hospital in, Burkina, in Bolivia. I can see the schools in Honduras. Um, and those kinds of things give us great comfort. So circling back to when we were talking to you about the fact that we charge a fee for our services, the between 96 and 99 and a half going to Harvard, there is an amount that we are able to keep that we do not spend on the actual administration. That amount we give to plan, often trying to get matches from other places. So with a little bit of good-natured arm twisting, we can sometimes go to a school who is supporting Honduras and say, listen, if you want to give one pound, we'll match that, and we'll be able to build some more schools. We had quite a lot of success doing that indeed in India, where a school wanted to raise 15,000 pounds, and Together, we were able to raise over 50, and now we have 2,000 children at school through the age of 14 when they were leaving at the age of 10. So this is a project we love plan because we know that they work. We also like them because we know that 
the kind of charity that they're giving, they have a beginning, a middle, and an end. They're not trying to be there for too long. They're trying to get the community to buy into it. And frankly, it doesn't take a lot of money to do a lot of good in a lot of what we're doing. It's nowhere near as exciting as many of the other ventures that people read about, but small things can make big differences in these communities, and we're delighted to be able to help. Well, they certainly do, um, and your examples are uh, both impressive and quite moving. Um, gosh, uh, Stuart, in the short time we have available, we've learned a lot about why it's good for donors and charities and for children all around the world to use the Anglo-American Charity for Transatlantic Giving. And I want to thank you for being on Tanager Talks. Thank you very much. Okay. Bingo. 17 minutes I left.